Hello and welcome to the Jordan Powers Experience. My name is Jordan Powers and on today's episode I am joined by officially probably the strongest cousin in my family, uh, Reese Hawthorne. Reese Hawthorne is um, a bodybuilder who uh, went into his first competition um, this past summer. Uh, and in his first competition, I believe he was the youngest man on stage to get into like kind of the final, finals, and he ended up becoming second in the True Novice Classic Physique and third in the Junior Men's Physique. Um, Reese has been working extremely hard to achieve his goals in bodybuilding, and uh, anybody that is involved in health and fitness, and more specifically uh, bodybuilding as a sport and an art form, knows just how much sacrifice and dedication it takes to get there. So uh, in our conversation, we talked about his bodybuilding experience, um, some of the kind of things that gave him a he- uh, an advantage when competing, and also some of his training techniques, his eating, his nutrition, all of that. Uh, Reese is also uh, an accountant, fresh out of school, and is headed off to Switzerland to um, expand his learning and in that era. So uh, yeah, I hope you enjoy this episode. Um, a quick readout from the sponsors first. This episode is brought to you by Oakham Cannabis. Oakham Cannabis has been producing uh, craft cannabis in BC for the past two years. Um, they are a local company who use uh, organic and environmentally friendly practices to create um, oil extracts and um, high THC bud. Uh, you can now go to your uh, local BC cannabis store and find their two products, Oakham and Smokeham, and check them out. And uh, you can also go to www.com, www.oakhamcannabis.com and check them out and learn more. Um, our second sponsor is Garnish Barware. Garnish Barware is trusted behind some of Canada's busiest cocktail bars, and they create custom engraved uh, cocktail kits. So you can go to www.garnishbarware.com, get your custom engraved uh, uh, cocktail kit that is done all here locally in Kelowna, BC by my man Griffin, and uh, yeah, make sure you check them out as well. So um, yeah, without holding you back anymore, here is my conversation with Reese Hawthorne. Yeah, that'd be sick. Not yet. I need to hire people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Three, two, one. Reese Hawthorne. Yes, that's me. What is going on, my man? Not much. Thank you for bringing me on this podcast. Dude, I'm uh, I'm stoked to have you on. You're the the second family member in a row to be I, on. I, I feel pretty fortunate that I am a family <laughs> member to make it on. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's gonna be good. Yeah, man, how you been? Um, I meant to ask you off uh, camera, but are you guys like um, being affected by these fires and stuff in town? Oh at all, yeah, or? yeah. No, I mean, well, we were in Kelowna here last night as well, but uh, the smoke that you guys got here is just like a portion of what we're getting there. Yeah, and like we're getting like major asphalt and everything too. And then uh, our family has a cabin out on the West Side Road. Fires like less than 500 meters from it so jeez we're just today even eh? oh yeah so like the gas station just down the road like kilometer and a half that burnt down last night so yeah it's pretty close and uh we're just keeping our fingers crossed that uh yeah she uh stays up because that's been the family for a while so yeah yeah my buddy has a cabin on west side road as well and way down there and yeah they're all uh, obviously not allowed to go there yeah, right yeah. now and stuff, which kind of sucks. But hopefully everything just stays up. And yeah, no, for sure. So 
I guess we'll see. There's a little rain today when as we're speaking, so hopefully knock on wood yeah knock on wood hopefully that puts some of the fires out or at least uh you know slows it down a little bit yeah well that's a kind of a shitty way to start the podcast <laughs> but um tell them uh tell the people a little bit about yourself man and uh how we got to this point um yeah so i'm reese i'm 20 years old i'm from vernon and uh yeah kind of why jordan brought me on this podcast was uh I like the bodybuild, which is uh, definitely a unique sport. Yeah, dude, um, I'm I'm kind of pissed at you, bro. Yeah, well, you were supposed to be the smaller cousin, yes, the little yeah. cousin. Well, I mean, man strength, you can still probably beat me. <laughs> I but don't know, dude. I don't I, like, know. If we arm wrestled. I'm weak that way, but <laughs> I can look good on stage. Like, <laughs> the only you can put up a ton of fucking weight, also. Well, there's yeah, there's some weight getting put up. That's pretty big, so. Yeah, but, um, no, so I started bodybuilding. This was my first show this year. Um, I was supposed to do a show last year, but it got canceled because of COVID. Just gave me some extra time to just get that much more prepared. Had one more bulk throughout this winter, and then, uh, yeah, dieted down for what I thought was going to be 16 weeks, and then got postponed. Gave me 19 weeks, which was just a blessing in disguise because just that much more time to get right in shape and, you know, figure out the diet and everything. So then, yeah, once I uh, did that 19 weeks, stepped on stage and experienced that I can't compare anything to, um, you know, I played all the recreational sports as a kid and th there's just nothing that compares to it because one of the biggest things is like uh, my coach, for example, you know, when you're playing soccer or hockey, your coach can yell at you, but they can't correct you. Right. And this, you're on stage and you can just look at your coach the whole time and, you know, if you're not flexing your legs because you don't want to be looking down at your body, right? You, you, you want to be constantly flexing, looking straight forward. So you just find your coach in the crowd and he can see what, what's flexing on. And my coach was loud, so just was hollering at me. He's and, just screaming, eh? Oh, yeah. And like, <laughs> and, like, it's really funny because especially when there's, like, two guys on stage, it's like the audience, it's, like, back in high school when they had the uh you know back and forth the sides of the bleachers who was louder like that's what it is when two <laughs> yeah. guys are battling it out it's it's crazy like just the whole environment at those shows is just like everyone's there for the same reason and, you know everyone is ornery as hell because we're all depleted and you know been dieting for 19 weeks but at the end of it we're all in such a good mood it's always a good experience and like yeah literally nothing that I can compare to it like no sport I've ever done that's wild just, yeah and well the thing is is like you know I, I I keep referring to it as a sport but there's so much more to it than just the competitive aspect right like it's not only a lifestyle but it's also an art because mm. you're literally kind of crafting and shaping yourself as a human essentially and for my coach I'm like his painting and the show is just a way for him to display his artwork. It's just right. the art gallery, right? That's his work. He was the one that told me what to do. I'm the one doing the work, but without his guidance and like kind of pointing me in the right direction, I'm, I'm not getting to where I am. Totally. So, yeah, yeah. Martial artists would say the same thing also, like their coach kind of crafts them into their style and stuff. Yeah, and, exactly. So it's definitely, and then I mean like the last component that's like makes it completely separate from anything else is it's the only thing you actually have to fully deplete for. Right, you know, you see these marathon and like sprinters, whatever. Crossfitters. You know, yeah, you know what? They're like they're in shape. Like they can, they could run a lot further than I could. But at the end of the day, on show day or on their competition day, they're making sure their body's fueled up, ready to go. Right, where bodybuilding, like those last four four weeks, I'd say, 
it's like game over like you're in a completely different mood like yeah. your body's not operating properly like that in my opinion is the only unhealthy part about it because you are going into like such a deprave or dip deprivation yeah or whatever that word is <laughs> but yeah so it just that's what makes it really unique and just one the mental kind of struggle and capacity to push your body through that when it doesn't want to be pushed through that must be uh just as difficult as all the physical lifting if not more difficult yeah exactly and obviously also as you know as your body has less nutrients the physical lifting gets even mm. more harder and the gym is no longer somewhere where you enjoy you know i look at <laughs> i look at my 24 hours in a day is 22 of it is chores what i do at home i eat i sleep that's all the things that suck so to say the two hours at the gym that's like me getting to go to the playground as a kid like that's the two hours of fun i have totally day. but on prep completely different like you cherish every moment you have in your bed because <laughs> you love your sleep you hate going to the gym. It feels like a chore to go there. Yeah. And like, that's the one thing I didn't want to happen, but it did. But with a goal in mind, it just like, you just push through it. You, you push through it. And you know, there's definitely some people that I think that they let that get the better of them totally. or they'll be like, Oh, well, I'll go to the gym and then I'll go get a McFlurry or something, you know, one good, one bad and balances out. But like at the end of the day, if you don't cheat, you're going to the gym every day, you're following your plan, you're going to be in good, good shape. Good things are going to happen. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So. Do you do anything to like, to like, uh, almost like mental exercise to like sharpen the mindset so that you can push through those moments? I know a lot of people um, refer to like uh, ice baths and stuff as like there's a lot of benefits for recovery uh, apparently, but a lot of people talk about how it's like that mental sharpening of the sword because you're just pushing yourself through something your body doesn't want to go through. Yeah, no, honestly, like for me, there was, well, I was in school full-time, or not full-time, sorry, I was working full-time, taking some classes at nighttime, Damn. and working in Kelowna, so driving an hour each way each day, and, you know, there was just not enough time in the day for me to get everything done, and a lot of times, you know, I just, I'd get stressed over, stressed out over not having enough time to get that last meal in, or whatever, Right. so literally, I would start waking up in the morning, and literally looking myself in the mirror, as weird as it sounds because that was the one thing that would like start my day out on the right track like like you can do this nice because and then you're just one foot ahead of you were or where you were yesterday and then you just go from there and like just telling yourself that there is enough time yeah don't get stressed out because it's just like the little things that you can't control are what just get you so wound up <laughs> when your body is in a deprived state like it, it's just completely uncontrollable totally. honestly yeah yeah your hormones are probably all out of whack man. oh yeah yeah it's, yeah, it's a mess we don't want to talk about that <laughs> yeah. on but yeah that's that's a whole other story so wild man yeah and so what got you uh into this whole journey into bodybuilding because i remember growing up you were uh really into wakeboarding yeah so in 2016 um i broke my back wakeboarding and that was kind of like the big turning point um and what do you mean by broke your back because that uh, sounds really intense. Yeah, I mean, it could be a lot worse than it was. Um, just basically the way that my L4 comes down on my L5 just creates a little bit too much uh, friction, created like oh. a fulcrum effect, and it was a cracked disc that finally ruptured in like a really odd way. So anyways, they put me in like a hard shell plastic brace for six months. That was 
living hell. I believe it. Yeah. yeah. And then, um, but like it felt good after and it was still broken. So then that was kind of like when I was like, Hey, like I probably should be slowing down with these like really high impact sports, especially, you know, playing volleyball, soccer, those are all sports where you're hyper extending your back. And that was what really aggravated it. Mm. So yeah, I, I wakeboarded one more year competitively that year I qualified for Worlds, So I went to worlds and then, um, after that, I kind of just, so to say retired, uh, you know, I still do it for fun by wakeboard, I think twice this summer. Like it's just not on the first thing on my priority list anymore, right. where before I was getting up at 5am, you know, beat all the Albertans out on the lake because <laughs> yeah. otherwise they're getting their surfboats out at 7am. Right. So yeah, just priorities change. And then, um, one of the biggest things when I was in my hard shell plastic breaks was keeping my core strong because you have this thing supporting you and basically keeping you upright. So that's when I really started going to the gym more frequently. That was kind of end of grade 10. And then me and my buddy, we just got into it. And, you know, every day we, that was where we went. We'd go train at the gym and then go to work together. And it was just, it was the routine. And then, uh, yeah, my stepdad, Dana, who actually uh, painted this sign. Yeah, shout out uh, Sharks Customs for hooking us up with the sign. Yeah, I, yeah that's so dope, man. Yeah, he does. He crushed it. does some good artwork. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so he, he, he did some bodybuilding shows back in the day, kind of right when he came into my life. And uh, I thought it was pretty cool, like seeing what the body can can do. And it was nice having him kind of as, as I grew up to, you know, tell me and point me in the right direction. And I think that that definitely got me more involved and ahead of a lot of other people my age you know my training was a bit more proper when I was younger I was eating a bit more proper when I was younger so all these little things kind of added up where most people don't really get really into the gym you know maybe grade 12 and diet is a whole other thing most people if they do it's not till a bit later in their life when they're like really starting to see the changes and they're like oh, i mean i should probably like do something about it right totally so, well i can imagine 18 19 bodybuilding and stuff a lot of these dudes are probably going to the bars and drinking and partying at university and yeah no so it was pretty it was pretty good when i lived in victoria it was me and my close buddy and we both were just such similar mindsets. There was parties that we would literally show up, no drinks, but we'd have a Tupperware of food <laughs> or a protein <laughs> shake. And it's just what we did. Like we, I've always admired guys that could do that because I don't have that self-control, man. No, <laughs> I'm we like... weren't big drinkers. So we just, yeah, we would just go. And uh, no matter where we were, it was just about getting food in you. You got it, it, just one more meal. There was not a time that we weren't eating when we were sitting down you know we're in class there's no computers or notebooks out there's a spoon and a tupperware and two guys sitting side by side yeah. just eating food and people hated us for it but <laughs> hey at the end of the day you gotta you gotta eat right you gotta there's, do only, what you gotta there's do. only so much time in the day that we'd wake up at uh there's some days yeah we'd wake up at one or two in the morning just get another protein shake in. really just you know one more meal why not so are you are you like filling yourself to the capacity of what your body can eat also or oh, like, like it's this is the part i don't like is the off season because when you get to a point like right now after my show i'm kind of slowly progressing my diet backwards right you don't want to just jump right back up to mass amount of food so i'm slowly going backwards out of my diet just maybe two times the speed and i'm slowly putting on weight putting on weight but there's going to hit a point when I start to plateau. And then that is when you need to go that one extra mile. I and see. it's, if you don't have a 
proper metabolism to like support it and be able to digest the food yeah you're constantly eating so it's just like you're always full right and it is force feeding and like it doesn't sound good when you say that i have to force <laughs> feed myself yeah like well it's part of the sport right and like exactly it's it's what you got to do because like i said there's only so many hours in a day and you can eat pizza and stuff but then your fats are going to be astronomically high for the amount of carbs you're getting like yeah sure i could go crush multiple pizzas throughout a day <laughs> but those aren't the foods that you want in your diet right. to get you the best results if you can have 5000 calories of whole foods that's going to be a lot better than 5000 calories of empty calories totally food. so i mean there's there's that component to it but at the end of the day it's a lot of food. Yeah. Because like, <laughs> I can't eat much, man. Like, I, I, I try. I try, but I, I but hate the feeling can. of being full. My dad can put it back, bro. <laughs> he can put it back. <laughs> He's got a he metabolism a fight crazy. With me. When I come back from Switzerland, <laughs> I will I will be eating just as much as him, and we'll yeah. have to go have a little burger off or something. Yeah, that would be hilarious. Yeah, and we'll, we'll have to talk about Switzerland a little bit later also, but... um. Yeah, so what, at what point did you did the hobby of kind of going to the gym and that routine of constantly going and working out turn into, like, I'm going to join a competition, like, I'm going to perform on stage? Yeah, so believe it or not, I actually danced when I was younger for six years. I think so, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. so I kind of have that a bit of a rhythmic background and, you know, creative background to me. And, yeah, I can go, move to a beat, so to say, and... I there, wish I could dance, bro. <laughs> I cannot dance. I can't. At all. I can't dance anymore. <laughs> you, you don't want to see me break a move down. But bodybuilding, depending what class you do, there's a dance, so to say, component of it. Except you're just showcasing yourself. So rather than doing, you know, your break dance moves, you're just your moves are each pose and how you link them together. Right. And. I really liked posing. Even when I was skinny, I'd always pose in the mirror just because I, I, I liked, like, posing to music. I'd just throw on a song, and that was just, like, stuff that me and my roommate, we'd just do. We'd, like, throw on a song, and we'd just start posing to it, and we just thought it was cool. And um, then that's kind of when I was – I always wanted to do a bodybuilding contest, but I always thought I'd do men's physique, which is where they wear the board shorts. You know, it's the classic beach body look, oh, which I is see. where – I'd say 90% of people start and that's where like everyone kind of goes into because your legs don't matter and most people don't have great legs. Bro, They're, your legs are insane. That was my strength. So that is why I did not want to cover them up. But uh, I am I was blown away when I saw those photos. I was like, yo, what the fuck? <laughs> like you, you look like you have muscles that don't exist on other people. Yeah. And well, you know, it, it, a lot of that is conditioning and one of the reasons why it's so unique is because like if I ate one more cup of Cheerios the morning of the show, I could have looked completely different. Wow. Like it's a science experiment that you're mixing two chemicals and you don't know what the labels are. They might blow up. They might not. And there was one guy beside me. I could, you not. Know, he was probably two times my size, like massive. And I just, I, I annihilated him because he just didn't have that nice lean, hard look to it. Yeah. Right. And like, so at these amateur shows, it's not who's the biggest, you know, you have to bring in that conditioning. And that was one thing that I got complimented on by multiple people um, was that I came in conditioned and that's rare for your first show. So, you know, hats off to my coach. He was the one that brought me in conditioned, telling me what to do. And we kind of stuck to that basic cookie cutter plan. You know, we weren't going unorthodox eating. I had a buddy, he was literally eating cheesecake and Big Macs the night before the show. 
and then Denny's for breakfast and look phenomenal on stage. Like Wild. it's just that last cheat meal, carb you up, some fats, some sodium and look great. For me, we didn't want to, you know, 19 weeks to blow over in one meal. It's not worth it. Not so worth we, it, yeah. we just kept to a basic plan, came in perfect. And, uh, yeah, for, well, for 20 years old, you know, the muscle maturity is something that you get as you age and you get that more feathered look. And that was the one thing that the judges said, you know, they said, you're not the same size as all the other guys, but for how you, how young you are, you have like insane muscle maturity. Like that is very rare at your age. And, you know, basically I'm 20 pounds under the allowed weight cap for my category. So take these next couple of years, you know, put on some extra weight. I'm still very young for the sport. Most people are, you know, in their prime are 27 to 30, I'd say. Wow. So I'm, I'm very young for it. And if I take a couple of years just to put on some extra weight and then when I cut down again, hopefully I'll be at that upper end of the weight cap and I'll be looking the same size as all the other guys and in the same better condition than yeah. that I was in. You so. said, uh, muscle, muscle maturity. Yeah. So what does that, what does that mean? Like, why does somebody have more, is it just like a more defined muscle? Yeah. Almost, so or? like, I mean, if you think about it, the more you're working out the muscle, the more dense and just more overworked it's going to get, you know, it's going to stretch more. There's going to be more like little small fibers that develop within the muscle and basically gives it more of a grainy, like, yeah, just feathered look is what they refer to it as. And that's just something that you get over time. Right. And you have to come in like peeled to the bone to like make sure that you're showing that muscle because literally it's the skin going in, in between, oh, in between right? Whoa. Like creating that very subtle like uh, washboard kind of effect, right? And so, yeah, it's definitely wow. one of those things that you see in a lot of, and like I said, why people are in, a bit older when they're in their prime is because that's when you have that mature muscle. You know, there's guys at that Olympia level that are 24, 25 years old, just as big, but they just don't have that same nice, hard, crisp muscle that these right. older guys have and they'll keep, right? So when you explain it like that, it it, may, I, it makes the whole artistic side of it make a lot more sense. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. So like everything, I mean, if you think about it, your, your gym plan is structured to like what you need to work on. Like for me my arms are one of my weaknesses. So I have multiple arm days in a week, but my legs, I can get away with just going and doing one like solid three hour session a week with them mm. and they're good for the week. So it's just like, that's kind of the structuring to make sure that you shape and craft your body to know what you need to build up and get better for next time on stage. So yeah, definitely. There's definitely a big art aspect to it. Yeah. And so how did that first show go? Cause you, you said that it was a wild experience and, and you ended up doing really, really well for your first time. Yeah. Yeah. I did. Uh, so I came second in the true novice, which just basically means you haven't competed before, but I was blown away that there was 22 or 23 guys in, in my, uh, true novice division and there's no height, um, requirement requirement uh for the true novice is just the only requirement is it's your first show so i came second in that uh and i was just blown away when i got called out in the first round of call outs i was like holy like there's 22 guys and now there's only five of us i'm like we're doing good because <laughs> you don't you don't know what the other guys look like beside you you're not right. looking left and right so like and it's not like you see them every day in training or no like, exactly because are they coming them. from all around 
the BC or uh, no? There were some people that came from Ontario to this. Wow, this so was the Canadian first wide. show that they did since COVID happened uh, for like the Canadian uh, Physique Alliance Association. Okay, so that was the first one that they put on since COVID, and yeah, we had a crazy turnout. There was like 180 people, but I think 130 of them were women or something like that. Oh wow! So yeah, it, there was a lot of competitors though, and that was through. They did it all in one day, so it's just it was on and off like very very quickly and i think part of it is they were just trying to get people through with covid too you know they don't want a whole bunch of people in the building right of course yeah it was it was definitely a bit unique of a show in that regard but yeah so i came second in the true novice and after that i was like okay like this is why i came here i did i did what i need to get done um but what really matters is the open class and so that was against only guys within plus or minus of an inch of my height. So we're all in the same height height grouping. And there's still 18 or so guys in that grouping. So same thing. These guys, some of them have competed six, seven, however many times they want, right? There's no now one-time requirement. And that I came fourth in. And for me, that was a much bigger deal to place fourth in an open class with a lot a lot of guys that have been doing it for quite some time right course, so yeah. showing that i can pose a fight to these guys that have been doing it and are 28 29 years old and i beat you know 12 other competitors off the stage like it, it that was what really hit home for me was placing fourth rather than placing second just because how much harder it was to place fourth and totally that. so yeah, numbers don't always matter, but <laughs> but they mean something. They mean something. <laughs> they mean so, something. Yeah, and then uh, I did men's physique as well, just because you know, 19 weeks to come in shape. Why not? You know, you're there. Uh, and that I came third in the junior division, which is 23 and under. Crazy. Uh, but definitely not my forte. Like I said, like the judges even said it's a shame that he had to cover up his legs because <laughs> yeah. that's just one thing on me, especially from the front, that just hits home and it makes up for my lack of arms and then from the back i have my back to make up for my lack of arms and yeah it so was you got just, the big muscles though the big muscle groups are like yeah that's key. which can sometimes be the hardest ones right? yeah because people either don't train them enough or there's so many muscles within it that they're not training all of them oh i see right I see. so and funny enough my lower back happens to be my strongest and it's one thing that the judges said like no one will ever touch you with and i truthfully think that's because i broke it so i was overtraining it i was constantly and it's not something people deadlift but only the top like quarter of your deadlift is actually for your lower back everything else is just coming from your legs right right so you know i had very particular exercises just to target my lower back i was doing these every single day so doing that for six months and then continuing to work that into my regular gym split, I think it just like gave you that extra edge, gave me that extra edge because yeah, that's one thing that is very hard to develop. And I'm fortunate enough, I guess, to uh, <laughs> have broke my back to develop it. Yeah. Well, do you think your legs were because of wakeboarding also at all? Like, cause that's very, like you're taking a lot of impact and you're stabilizing <sighs> and like, it's probably hitting a lot of weird, tiny muscles that most people don't hit. Yeah, do you know what? I, I There might be some merit to that. Um, you know, I went out wakeboarding two nights ago after I did legs, and my calves were just cramping. <laughs> yeah. Like, just, it's one of those things where uh, you're holding a position or, you know, 
you're doing something that you haven't done for a long time and you just start to cramp up. So I don't know. At the end of the day, I think that there's definitely, yeah, you're definitely working some of those muscle groups, but I mean, it just comes with time and any, anyone can develop legs just from playing sports like soccer i could say develop my legs too yeah or not me for some reason bro (laughs) i got zero calves i don't know if it's genetics (laughs) or gotta be genetics on my side yeah (laughs) those genetics you didn't want you wanted this side genetics. yeah i should have gotten to the hawthorne side (laughs) of things (laughs) but yeah i mean basketball and volleyball you know all those sports definitely probably had an impact and helped get me to where they were but at right. the end of the day it's the time in the gym that matters and yeah when i do legs i you know i make sure i park by the front door because i'm not walking halfway <laughs> across the parking lot after like once a week is all you need if you hit them right and, yeah and you know people that say oh i'm gonna go do train something else or i'm gonna go do 10 minutes of cardio no you didn't hit legs you just came like Get a little light workout in. That's, yeah, you got a little sweat that's not, on. That's not a leg workout. <laughs> if you're not puking, then... jeez. Mm. Oh, okay, well, I want to talk about uh, some of the workouts and your routines and stuff that you go through, but uh, we're just going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Oh. Amphibian right now. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you're kind of giving me that Mr. Clean vibe with the white shirt. It's <laughs> just giving it a little shorter and like like promotion. Mr. Clean, <laughs> magic white eraser yeah. cleans anything. Oh God, I hope not. I'm gonna have to grow this beard out again. Yeah. Hopefully, no uh, cute girls are watching this episode. <coughs> yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, none are coming from my page. You know, just diving right in. Hopefully not. <laughs> Hopefully they're at least 17. Yeah, that's like, what's going to happen on my end. They're going to be like, who's your cousin? Like, can I get his number? And we're like, no. No. <laughs> ah, here's what it is. Here's what it is. And we're back, man. So what does a – and if you don't want to give away, like, any secrets and shit like that, like, do not. So don't don't worry about that. But what, in general kind of perspective, what does, like, a average week look like for you? Or even start maybe with a day. But I know – a week you're gonna hit different workouts yeah 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 well i mean we can we'll walk through a day and kind of also a week basically every day you know i'm waking up early cold shower first thing when i get up just wakes me up gets me out of bed um something i start doing on prep and i don't know i just i like it it makes you feel awake to start the day and then yeah usually ate my first meal around eight and one thing for a bodybuilder is your life revolves around meals and it sucks, but you're eating breakfast. Most people like think about what they're eating for breakfast. I think about my lunch when I'm eating my breakfast. <laughs> I think about my next meal, always thinking about what's next. And, um, yeah, eat my breakfast. And then usually I head off to work around seven thirty. work, eat a couple meals throughout the day through there. And then, uh, I'm on the road back home to Vernon Training for two, three hours, and then home, 
prep the meals for the next day, eat a couple more times and into bed. And like, you don't have much time. And then when I was in school as well, you know, try to throw school in the mix there as well. Yeah. You didn't get much studying That's done, so but tough, yeah. yeah. So it was just, it, it was a lot. And uh, definitely now I'm able to enjoy a bit more time with summer and, you know, on the weekends, just do what I want kind of thing. Um, but in terms of like an average week, I mean, the only thing that changes day to day is obviously what I'm training. And I've kind of worked with my coach to create something that is catered towards me. You know, I don't need the two leg days a week, like I said. Um, so, you know, we have structured it in a way that three days on one day off. And by the time that you're coming back to that muscle group, you're just ready to hit it. So, you know, you're always keeping things fresh. You're not training things too often. And I mean, for, for me, what I found, what works best is, you know, so say Monday you're hitting back and tries Tuesday, chest and buys Wednesday legs, Thursday's your ref rest day after a big muscle group. And then Friday is going to be straight arm. Saturday is going to be shoulders with a bit of uh, upper chest and back for width. So you get into a bit more of the nitty gritty coming into the latter week, you know, hit everything once hard and then kind of get into those little weak points for the latter end of the week, which is what I think a lot of people, you know, they do push pull legs. So you're hitting chest, you know, chest one day, back one day, legs another day with arms and shoulders somewhere in the mix. And that's great, but you're never going to be hitting arms fresh. You're always going to have done back before it or chest before it. And there's some things that you want to do, you know, hitting your arms fresh is ideal. And for me, especially because I want I need to grow them. You want to be able to hit them when you're fresh so that you can put in that extra effort. You just get more output. The the latter half of your workouts are never as good as the first 30 minutes, right? right? I mean, the pre-workout usually wears off by about 20 (laughs) minutes in, you know. Then you start talking to a cute girl, and then you're itching your face or something. Oh, jeez. Dude, that's why I can't take that stuff. I I did it once, and my skin was itching, and I was Uh, like, I felt like I had to go to the hospital. No. Do you you dry scoop it? No. Dry scooping... There's like a really bad misconception that everyone's like, oh, it hits better, right? Like it's more more, more potent. Well, no, that's not how it works. That doesn't make any sense. No, like, it doesn't make any sense. And plus it just burns what going down. Yeah, like, you're still getting it all. Yeah. No, I mean, you're supposed to mix it with 250 mils of fluid for a reason because you actually want it, A, to dissolve, and it needs water to have the full adverse effect on your body for absorption. <laughs> all these people out here just yeah all these people are like oh dry scoop dry scoop dry scoop well i mean yeah you're still consuming the caffeine content and the other stuff but you need to drink water and super super hard on your stomach lining yeah it doesn't seem like a good idea to me and yeah i need to stop taking it though it's bad (laughs) yeah don't take it (laughs) do you drink coffee at all or um i didn't Ah. until until i got on my prep well i did when i was younger but uh yeah i don't know i well, being maybe that we have dentists in the family, I'm kind of concerned about how white my teeth are always. So I'm like, oh, I'm like, if I did drink coffee, extra milk so that it didn't stain my teeth, right? But no, I stopped drinking coffee the whole year when I was living in Victoria because we didn't have a coffee maker and I was too lazy to get like the instant mix. And then, um, yeah, and then when I came home, I was just living at home and I don't know, I just continued on just not drinking coffee but as soon as prep rolled around and i was only getting like four or five hours of sleep a night and like constantly on the go 
Yeah. Two it was necessary. Of, two cups of coffee in the morning. <laughs> otherwise, I didn't know how to start my day. And, like, it was so bad. It got to the point where I could take pre-workout with, like, 300 milligrams of caffeine at, like, 730 at night. Sleep like a baby. Damn. Like, yeah. <laughs> and I used to be very caffeine sensitive. Like, a Coke, 6 p.m. Just or wilding. Like, oh, I was wild. Yeah. <laughs> and now it's like, oh, I can couple scoops of pre-workout before bed and i'll still sleep like, yeah you do seem like, more chill yeah yeah like, <laughs> back in the day yeah so i yeah i'm at the point where i said this on the last episode that got dropped like i can drink a whole french press of coffee and then like that gets me to like base neutral <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's like now i'm jordan like yeah. <laughs> all right i'm ready to start my day <laughs> pretty like, much like, man yeah like i just drink a whole french press like from probably like when i wake up till like lunch basically <laughs> <laughs> if it works it works if it works it works I mean, coffee's not as bad as pre-workout. <laughs> yeah, like, true. If you true. actually loop it back and think about all the other components that are in pre-workout, some of them are very beneficial. Um, you know, one of my favorite things that I actually like to take a pure form of is uh, lion's mane, and that just helps with your concentration. I actually take it a lot when I was studying. Oh, it's cool. basically like a, prescri- or a non-prescribed dose of Adderall. It's <laughs> okay. Like, it's like a toned-down version. Is and, that a, a mushroom lion's mane? Or? Uh, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's dry or developed from like a mushroom uh extract or something but yeah anyways it works yeah yeah just yeah focus and like that was one of the things on prep that just kind of kept me making sure that i was going um and in the right direction every day just staying focused at work especially doing an accounting job you know you're sitting there looking at a computer and it's boring it's dry it's repetitive and if you don't have the focus it's really easy to just go on your phone and <laughs> yeah, or maybe, on maybe a couple of swipe left and right so oh, what's in Kelowna today right like so that's hilarious yeah no I, I don't think I could do a, an accounting job like my brain's just like pew, 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 pew. yeah well the worst part for me is all my meals I like to eat at a particular time to space them out so that my body has like equal times between meals. I don't eat when I'm hungry. I just eat at these times in the day. Mm-hmm. And when you sit there and you have the, you know, 1245 right on the bottom right hand screen of your corner or right hand uh, corner of your screen and you just watch it slowly go up by one. You're just thinking about oh, that meal. It's just thinking <laughs> about that meal. Like you thought I thought about it a lot when we were eating the last one. Just gets worse as the minutes go on. And just That's like, so funny. yeah, time definitely goes very slow when you're looking at a clock all day. So <laughs> I believe it. Yeah. And so when it's kind of like editing, actually. Um, but so when you're in, um, the gym working out and stuff like that, like, are you, obviously you're hitting like the classics, like bench press, squat, deadlift. Are there certain ones that you like more or that work for you better? Or, or is that your coach kind of deciding that? Um, yeah, it's kind of, it's a really unique split in that it's every week is the same rotation of exercises or sorry, rotation of muscle groups but it's over a three week period. Um, so each week is a different structure of like how you're training the muscle essentially. Uh, so just for example, for something like deadlift for week one, you know, I'm only deadlifting from my knees, my above my kneecaps upwards. So you're just hitting that upper back week two, you're going to drop the bar below your knees. Now you're hitting a bit more range of motion. And then that third week is when you do deadlifts and then now you're hitting the full range, right? So, Theoretically, you should be able to go heavier when it's higher up on your body because you have to pull the weight less of a distance. But it's kind of like stagmenting the training, like so building up to it. And I think that that's one of the biggest things that kind of definitely 
created like and got me past those plateaus, which a lot of people hit, is they don't, you know, they'll jump on the bench press every time to the, for the start of their chest day. Yeah. And they don't they don't do anything other than they build up to like their one rep max, they'll fail it or hit it and then they'll stop. And they don't progressively overtrain the muscle and each each part of that lift, right? So something for like chest, so to say, um, rather than just doing flat bench. Personally, I don't do a lot of flat bench. It's really hard on your shoulders. Um, and incline bench is easier on your shoulders. And for me, a little bit more of one of my weaknesses is so my upper chest. Incline primarily. Yeah. So do you decline at all or, um, there's the occasional time. Yeah. Probably the only like thing that I primarily do decline once every three weeks is decline flies actually. Mm. And it's just completely different than you know, your flat or your incline flies just because you're stretching the pec at a completely different um, hinge point, essentially. So you're just stretching different fibers. And like I said, you want to just stretch, work the whole muscle, not just certain parts of it. If you're right. bench pressing, the certain muscles are going to get stronger than others and vice versa. And then you'll go do something else and you'll just hurt yourself because, you know, your muscles aren't prime prepped and ready to right. do other things. Right. So, and so you primarily hit incline though. Yeah. So like week one, I'll do incline bench week two. I'll start with incline dumbbells week three. I'll do incline Smith machine. So something that you can go a little heavier on, not focus on the balance aspect. Um, and you can do a bit more volume work where when you do it on free weight, you're, bit more concentrating on the control and making sure you know the dumbbells aren't moving and that's all working individual muscle fibers and you don't even realize it right mm -hmm. so yeah this definitely changing it up is the biggest thing and like i said a lot of people they start every chest day with a bench press and every leg day with a leg press or a squat and you just you got to change it up because if you do the same thing over and over again yeah eventually you'll get past that plateau um but that's not how you want to train the muscle so that you're maturing every part of it. Mm -hmm. so. Well, yeah. And I can imagine like when you're talking about like the sculpting the body and stuff like that, if you're hitting the same exercise all the time, that's going to shape you maybe in one way. Whereas if you're doing like a wide range of stuff, it might shape you in another way or. Yeah. Well, and there's so many little tiny things that you can change, you know, for just something like, take a tricep press down or even a curl, you know, just depending in what rotation you have your arm mm -hmm. is going to hit different muscles. And some people or 80% of the gym people, you know, straight. they'll, they'll straight or only like this. And you just have to know to work each different part because mm -hmm. in the long term it will show on stage. And I mean, if you're not competing, well, does it really matter? But I still think there's some merit to training all parts of the muscle because it improves your training when you're doing other things, right? You right. know, take something like your uh, triceps. And if you're doing close grip bench a lot, well, yeah, that's for triceps. But you're also going to increase your bench when you go back to bench because you just have that much more pushing power, not only from your pecs, but just through, through your arms as well, right? So it all kind of links back to one another and just definitely important to train all components of mm -hmm. it and sculpt each individual part for me that's how i see it i don't see it as if i train this it's going to help this right you know i don't i i never go to the gym and say i'm going to go bench press this much weight for one rep like i it's just not something that i do and my bench isn't strong and i don't care 
But these guys that can bench four plates, do they look good on stage? No. So <laughs> yeah, you got to put the ego trade off. Yeah, yeah. You got to put the ego away sometimes. Like, don't get me wrong. I love to like squats. I'll go heavy on, like I'll do one rep max on squats. Just that's something I'll do more often deadlifts too, just cause deadlifts I can, that I can show off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is deadlift your strongest lift? Or? Uh, yeah. Well, it, my deadlift would be my strongest lift. Um, we were looking at the three powerlifting lifts. Yeah. 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 So wild. And, uh, do you do, there's this famous clip of, um, Arnold Schwarzenegger back in the day where he's talking about like when dudes are working out their arms, they normally just like, they go through a couple of reps and then they get tired and they're like, Oh, when he's like, your muscles not done yet. Like there's still failure in the, in like the decline part of it. And so oh, he'll yeah. get his buddy to pull it all the way up and then he just goes down and his buddy will help it back up. And do you do that kind of stuff? Oh at yeah. All, no. So it's definitely, you don't want to abuse something like that. Mm. Um, it's good to overwork the muscle, but there's like a right time you want to do it. You don't want to do it on your first exercise. Right, unless, of course. Because then you're just going to like over fatigue the muscle. And I mean, some people might like that because then the rest of their workout is really hard. But I'd rather do like three heavy things of like different exercises rather than doing one heavy thing and then everything else light. I see. So that's kind of my structure is I won't do my super, um, I won't do like assisted negative reps, uh, until my last couple exercises on like my burnouts and stuff that I can contract a bit better. I mean, bench press, 90% of people don't even feel a contraction in their pecs. They're just bouncing the bar off their chest and racking it again. Totally. So that's, that's another big component is getting that mind to muscle connection um, and linking it back. Mm-hmm. And, and were guys like Arnold Schwarzenegger and stuff inspirations for you? Like, did you kind of follow the, the history of bodybuilding? Yeah. Well, or? Um, not as much the golden era. Obviously everyone knows Arnie. Um, there's a whole bunch of the new generation guys that, I mean, it's who we see on social media and whatnot, which were the guys that, our parents saw back in the magazines. It's the same sort of thing, right? So these older guys aren't active on social media. And as much as we all know Arnie and, you know, we know these other Frank Zane type bodybuilders, it's just not who people look up to anymore because there's new Kings in town. Yeah. Yeah. They're past. So yeah, yeah, they're, they're kind of, they're in the past and the style of bodybuilding has changed with time too. Right. So what looked good back then is not necessarily what people strive for now. So it's just a bit of that component for me. It was Chris Bumstead was kind of like the first one that came on. Uh, I also watched uh, a lot of this Australian YouTuber, Calm Von Moger. He's just like really funny kind of guy. And then uh, posing wise, there's one guy named Terrence Ruffin and he's just a phenomenal poser. I, I started watching him when he was 21 or 22 years old and like was very small. And last year he actually came second at the Olympia and his posing routine is just like an art form. Like yeah. it's just, it, it's amazing to watch. And like, for me, I think that that's so cool. Like I'd watch that over a movie any day because there's, I can see the art to it and also like appreciate how hard it is to hit a pose like that and flex every single muscle. And it's a whole nother aspect of bodybuilding, yeah. a bit more of the art dance side of it that is just so difficult. And when I watch him pose, like that's a lot of times what I'd watch in the mornings when I uh, was doing my cardio, I'd just watch him pose or, you know, just even these workout vlogs, that was the type of stuff that kind of got me through it. And 
yeah, at the end of the day, those are kind of the main three people that I look up look up to and yeah. not so much the golden age guys anymore. Uh, yeah, I like how you how you describe the posing side of it because like I think the the like growing up if you start going to the gym and stuff, you see just your average like gym bro who's just like posing in front of a mirror and posting a photo and you're like, "Fuck that guy." <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> but the way you exp- explain it is like it, it's the actual like you're studying it, you're studying the actual art form of it, and studying like the actual techniques, and and so what what is that with posing? Like how, like I, I don't I don't know anything about it really. Like how you go about preparing yourself for for a posing routine? Yeah, well for me, so the biggest thing is know what poses you look best in, and ones you don't. Right. Because there's always going to be poses, no matter how good you look, that. You don't look good in. You're, you'll find you'll find something about that pose that doesn't look good, and you have to avoid those at all costs because you don't want to look small on stage. And the kind of rule of thumb is you could be 200 pounds and look 180 pounds shredded on stage, or you could be 200 pounds and look 220 pounds on stage. <laughs> okay. It's all how you display yourself. Right. So yeah, finding those right poses, and then for me, I just choreograph or. Er, choreographed a uh, routine on my own just with my dance background and you know I took okay this pose will go into this one nicely kind of worked with my hands and feet created a nice transition and then same thing just throughout the poses and then kind of listen to the music okay where's like a bit of maybe a bass drop that I could like hit a pose on or do a movement that will kind of resemble with the music and very similar to dance you know just getting getting that rhythm to flow with the music and get into it and i think my back my dance background definitely helped but yeah that was another thing the judges were very impressed by is the, the posing because it's can make an inex, or it can make a experienced bodybuilder not look good just because they can't hit a pose properly right and um i mean like that's the posing routine side of it but then obviously you have your mandatory poses that you're doing on stage and those you don't get a pick those you have to hit so there's there's hours every like after every gym session i'd always walk through my mandatory poses i like yeah i was that gym douchey guy that was posing in the mirror because when you're when you're working out it's good to pose and contract the muscle for a prolonged period of time so that when you go back into your next set you know you fatigue the muscle in another way and yeah I was just always posing and just practice 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 the hardest thing is the breathing because you can't let your stomach out you know especially yeah. when when you're you you're face on you can't you can't breathe through your stomach it's all through your upper chest and you can hold those poses for I think like well yeah. we held it uh, we held one of them for like a minute and a half front right so you're you're trying to keep your whole body basically head to toe flexed right the whole time and that's kind of like I said earlier with my coach you don't realize when your legs aren't flexed or something and then he just yells at you and you tense them back <laughs> up again and makes it unique yeah and i don't think you're one of those gym douchey guys because you're actually doing it for a reason i'm talking about like chad who's throwing one <laughs> plate on each side of the bench press <laughs> okay, and then okay. sending a snapchat <laughs> to his girl <laughs> yeah yeah okay okay that's fair that's fair um so when you're doing these poses like and you, you mentioned like you're breathing like how what's kind of the like what's one of your most uh like uh, like what's one of the better poses that you're you're good at um, so for me, kind of in this new age of bodybuilding, the vacuum is what's trending, so is to that say. When you and that's up? when you're sucking in, you know, contouring contouring the stomach to your rib cage. 
And basically, you, you don't see your abs unless they're, like, very overdeveloped, which the guys that can do vacuum men have abs, that's – you're on a whole nother ball game. Like, <laughs> I don't know if you're doing crunches in your sleep or what, yeah. but that's crazy. But um, that's one of the poses that definitely separates you from the rest if you can pull it off um, in, in um, association with, you know, something with your arms. You don't just stand there and do it. But, like, now there's guys literally doing essentially a ballerina pose looking straight up from the side just to show how much they can suck in. Like, it, it's crazy. And that's probably the hardest pose and that I can pull off is doing yeah. a vacuum and just sucking in and – it's hard because so what do you do to get get to that like are you are you working on your breathing oh yeah no so every morning when i wake up i do five vacuums for five seconds and it's just practicing pushing all the air out because you just have to like and then pull your stomach up as hard as you can and try to smile at the same time (laughs) (laughs) and and don't forget about flex every other muscle in your body and uh, yeah so it's definitely not easy, and like I said, it can separate you from the rest if you can pull it off. But some guys try it, and they can't pull it off. They, they shouldn't, and they shouldn't have tried it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so wild, yeah, crazy. And are you before you go on stage? Are you doing like um like warm ups to get blood flowing and stuff like that, and kind of get that pump going? You must be. Yeah, yeah. So actually, I didn't have any treat or cheat eats for the whole nineteen weeks. But funny enough. The day of the show, I had two Reese's peanut butter cups and a bag of salt and vinegar chips right before I stepped on stage. And just like the sodium helps so you're not cramping up on stage. Then you take some pre-workout and you just get pumped up. You just have bands backstage. Oh, okay. You don't want to overwork the muscle. Like It's not like you have big dumbbells and you're lifting heavy and like tiring out the muscle. Because posing, that's tiring enough. You gotta enough. do your routine, yeah. That's, that's tiring enough, like kicks the shit out of you by the end of it you're mm-hmm. you're sweating so i think there was a i don't know if it was like a uh, like a very well done study or if it was like a meta-analysis done or even if it was peer-reviewed but i remember hearing from somebody where there was a study done where it was like just even flexing your muscles does cause some some slight benefits for like growth and stuff like that and like somebody can get like a workout going just in their house just by flexing their muscles especially like what i do i do a lot of like senior fitness stuff and so like they can't do a lot of shit so they have to do something really easy and yeah just even just flexing your muscles will like eventually work them a little bit yeah no it's it's there's definitely some merit to that and there's there's days i don't do it often but there's days when i'm training you know, say I'm doing shoulder flies, I'll drop the dumbbells and then I'll just go up and hold and contract for as long right, as I yeah, can, yeah. right? So you're just you're just putting the uh, muscle under tension for that much longer and just tiring it out for that much longer. And mm-hmm. it, it, all that works towards building muscle. So I definitely could see how anyone could do a workout from home. I mean, really even not even thinking about just contracting the muscles, but there's so many workouts that we saw in COVID that can be done from home. Yeah. And yeah, I think, I think a lot more people are trying to get more fit now, which is good. How on the note of COVID, how did that affect your, your training? Like, were you allowed to go to a gym still? And cause uh-huh. you're kind of like one of the only guys maybe in there. <laughs> well, so allegedly when we were in Victoria, I was in Victoria when it kind of, everything broke down and, um, yeah, right away, gym shut down. I'm like, okay, this sucks. And we lived a minute from the ocean. And there's a video. whole bunch of logs. And we spent probably like two or three hours one day stacking up logs, <laughs> finding like evenly weighted logs, 
you know, and we basically had enough things to work a whole workout in. You know, there was some logs that were good for curls. There was shoulder fly logs. We had this like one massive log for, that we were squatting and bench pressing. Yeah, that was a dope video, dude. Yeah, yeah. And, like and you had was, the beach hair going. Yeah, also. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's like that. That went on for about a week and a half, and then. Funny enough, we realized and remembered that our landlords had a gym in their house. <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't like phenomenal, but it was better than what most people had. Yeah. Like there was a couple cables and there was a squat rack and bench press, so it was not bad for, for for COVID. So then we stopped with the beach workouts because those those were getting hard just for carrying the logs around, not even working out. <laughs> yeah, and that was just a whole other thing. And yeah, we were working out there. So I was pretty fortunate to always have a gym to go to. And then when I came home, um, I was fortunate enough. My dad has a little gym down in the basement of his office, oh, nice. um, which had plenty enough stuff to get a good workout in. So I never really stopped training and it was definitely, uh, oh, I'm not going to say funny because it was a little unfair, I guess. But when we went back to the gym, you know, all my buddies, they haven't worked out for two, three, four months or whatever it was. And they're like, why are you still lifting heavy? I'm like, cause I didn't stop. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Not my fault. Yeah. Yeah. No, that beach video was dope, dude. I bet like if you, did you ever post that to TikTok or anything or no, I didn't post it on TikTok. That shit would blow up on TikTok. Probably, but just filmed the wrong way. I needed, I need a portrait, not landscape. That's (laughs) the only thing with TikTok, you know? Fair, fair. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Well, uh, we're going to take one more break and then get into the segment, but um, I'll be right back. talk about something i like i can just go on forever <laughs> it's easier, yeah, yeah. <laughs> fair enough well um yeah we're back and uh i was gonna ask you like yeah what's your what's kind of the overall goal with this whole bodybuilding journey and and how do you see yourself um participating in, in the future yeah so i think the big long-term goal is get my pro card that's kind of where i want to see myself um in the next five years kind of what do you have checkpoint. to do to get your pro card um so basically that would be winning a regional show uh which is like the show i just did so if i placed third instead of fourth then i would have qualified for a pro show or a pro qualifier show and then if you win that uh then you'd have to win the overall so not just your height class but then you'd win your height class and then you'd go against the guys in the other height class you win that then you usually only one person gets their pro card um so it can be done in two shows and that's kind of my goal for the next couple of years. So like I said, I just need to put on a bit more size. So I'm going to take, uh, I kind of, I kind of plan for two years, um, some, somewhere in the fall 2023, I'll look at competing again. So that'll just give me time to bulk up and not just hold it for two or three months. Like I've done the last couple of years and hold it for a prolonged period, year and a half, and just be able to mature a bit more muscle and hopefully retain more than just a couple pounds uh and then yeah cut down and ideally a lot of times they do a regional show the weekend right before uh pro qualifier so i would just do the regional show if all goes well that then just jump into the pro qualifier the following weekend um and then you can only use your pro qualifier uh within that calendar year so 
after that calendar year, I'd have to do another regional show before I could go to a pro qualifier again. Um, but yeah, basically I'll just keep doing that until hopefully I can get my pro card. It's definitely one of those things that's easier in the States because they have shows every weekend. Mm. Uh, a lot less common in Canada. Like there's shows every weekend, but they're all over the country. Um, where in the States there's like a show in each state every weekend. Right. right? right. So it just, it's, it's a lot more common, uh, down there. So and when you get your pro card, is that when like sponsorships can start coming your way or? Yeah. So that's, that's kind of where I feel that there's a lot more of the money involved in the sport, but at the end of the day, it's never going to fund you. Um, unless you're someone like Ronnie Coleman that has, um, supplement companies and whatnot and other things behind him other than just his bodybuilding career. Bodybuilding itself won't get you to where you want to be in life right. successfully. It, it's unfortunately just not one of those sports that's highly valued and that makes a lot of money. So definitely there's sponsorships to come. And I think stuff like TikTok and social media have really helped that, but also made it that much harder. Right. Cause now, because it's now there's so pool. many more people, right? There's a bigger pool. And especially during quarantine, I feel like that the male fitness industry tripled in size like Mm -hmm. it was just like something that all males just started doing because they had nothing better to do with their time and well there's even that trend where it's like they they do like the eminem song and then the thanos uh talk over he's like fine i'll do it myself and it's all these dudes who were like overweight and then boom they just like look amazing all of a sudden yeah exactly well and a lot of the time like you say these guys that are overweight and then look amazing going from i mean Obviously, there's boundaries, but going from a little bit heavier is always going to be easier than coming from below. Right. Right? These really skinny guys. When the goal is to be big. Exactly. So these guys that are big, and then they cut down, they lose some of that fat, they look good. They mm-hmm. look big. And it's disappointing. You're like, you've been in the gym for six months. Like, <laughs> how, how are you as big as me? But that's because their arms were, you know, they had a lot of fat on them. And I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. I'm ha- glad they changed their lifestyle. But- it just gives you that advantage. And that's why mm-hmm. I have to bulk up to be able to do exactly what they do essentially. Right. Totally. So I think it was awesome when, when I saw that all these, all these guys, you know, losing a bunch of weight and guys and girls. And yeah, I think it was great for, yeah. I hope the fitness industry kind of blew up over the pandemic. Cause it's like, we're all supposed to be a little bit healthier now. And like, yeah. you'd hope that we'd start thinking about our fitness more and people are getting out there and, and doing shit and, Fuck, when you're in the house for two months with barely anything to do. Yeah, what do you do? <laughs> Might as well get a workout in. <laughs> yeah, there was one time we were, we were, I was lying on my back and my roommate was lying on the couch and I was bench pressing the couch. Like, <laughs> we, we were just like, we were running out of things to do in the house. We, we were just <laughs> yeah. bored. We bought a skipping rope because we didn't know what to do with our time. Like, I bought a bunch of kettlebells and I got really into like kettlebells and, uh, and then a steel mace. So I eventually bought a steel mace oh, as yeah. well. And so that's been my primary, like, uh, way of fitness and working out recently. And, um, yeah, I haven't been back to a gym since actually, like I might've had a couple of days where I'd go and I'd lift heavy on like the bench press and the squat and yeah. stuff like that heavy for me. Um, but yeah, I primarily just do that kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, everyone, yeah. that that's one of the things like everyone has their own style that works for them and different goals too. Right. Totally. You know, CrossFit athletes, they're not going to train like I train and they're not going to, like we said earlier, they're not going to do any depleting. Well, depleting, but also when they're training, you know, they're just going to focus on the lifts that matter. Right. They don't train 
as many muscle groups as they probably should. And I think that a lot of these guys would see a lot more results if they took time away from some of their main lifts, put it into these other secondary lifts, and then come back, mm-hmm. right? And I think that in stuff like CrossFit or, you know, these guys want to see their numbers go up, but they're not they're not putting in every piece of the puzzle before yep. they try to complete the, like, finalize it right so i agree i think that's a point that a lot of people don't realize if you're like training a certain lift sometimes just doing that lift over and over again isn't the actual move necessarily like uh i work with brent fikowski uh pretty closely and i do a lot of his uh, photos and videos and uh we have one program called train your weakness and so they'll pick like a, a movement that's like a weakness for somebody and then they'll give them like 60 exercises that aren't that movement but they're going to help them do that help movement you. better and so it's like hey boom week one do this week two week three week four week five and then like by the end of week six like you're doing that movement whether it be a squat or a snatch or whatever and yeah. you're doing it like way way better than what you would have before exactly right so it's it's just the building blocks that you're working off of for for each part of the lift and that's going to help indefinitely and in maturing the muscle and just making you stronger so mm-hmm. do you do any powerlifting at all or no like not any of like the hang cleans or like anything right. like that that i just feel like there's too much stress on your shoulders <laughs> it's a I lot squ- on the joints I, yeah i squat i bench and not often bench and deadlift but other than that like that's kind of the extent of my power lifting so to say yeah and so. what do you so would you say squat or de- you said deadlifts one of your best lifts deadlift deadlift is uh <laughs> deadlift is pretty good um do you are you do you want to put your numbers out there at all or? i'll put my numbers out there because <laughs> when i hit it i i was pretty light in comparison so at 180 pounds um i deadlifted 525 or 535 conventional because sumo that's None of that stuff. What's the difference between conventional and sumo? Sumo, you have your legs a little bit wider. It's just, in my opinion, a little bit easier. It's the cheating way. (laughs) It's what powerlifters do. Um, But, yeah, so then conventional, your feet are shoulder-width apart, and that's like traditional deadlift that you're used to seeing. Um, So, yeah, 525 deadlift. Holy fuck. Uh, Squat. Yeah, what's squat? My goal, I'll tell you my goal for squat. I'm, I'm one... 55 right now if i'm lucky and uh my goal for a squat i haven't been into a gym and actually like hit it i I know i have my 70 pound kettlebell and i'll just run like a bunch of front squats with that my goal was to rep out six reps clean two plates on each side that's good and i I haven't tried it yet i haven't i haven't tried it yet i did a front squat or back squat back squat yeah okay yeah Yeah. i did a i did a one max one max rep with two plates on one side once and this was before the pandemic and i haven't been back into like a gym since but i bet you so that was my goal i bet you could do that yeah um i don't know i don't think i could do six but i six it's it's one of those things that I don't know, like, once I get, like, two in me, then I'm good for the final four, (laughs) but the first two are always hard. Yeah, those are the difficult ones. It's weird how much of a confidence thing it is also. Like, I remember when I first went to the gym, I was scared to put 45s on each side, right? So I'm hitting, like, 35s on each side. I'm like, okay, man, maybe I'll do 45. And then you finally do it. You're like, fuck, man. I could have been hitting these, like, three weeks (laughs) ago. I know, right? so much longer in my... I know. Well, that was, like, me with bench press for the longest time when I was, I think... In grade 12, when I was trying to hit two plates for the longest time, I tried everything. I, I did a 25, a 10, two fives, yeah. 25, 10, 10. Like, I just tried everything to, like, 
trick my mind and like change my like confidence level thinking, oh, it's not two plates. Like, <laughs> yeah. There's not physically two plates on either side. I'll be able to do this. It never worked. As soon as I put two plates back on, then that's 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 when you hit it. It's just like, yeah, you, you so just got to have the confidence. What are you hitting in squats? Uh, squats for. 35, 425, 435. Oh my God. How many plates is that? Four plates oh. and a 15 aside. So 405, 435. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. And what for, you, you said you don't do one max. Oh, well, squats, that, that would That's be a one, one max. max. But like, yeah, like, no, usually like 365 for like sets of six. That's wild, bro. <laughs> so how much weight have you put on in these past, like since you started doing this journey to like where you're at kind of um, now? I graduated high school at 130 pounds. <laughs> so, yeah, that was um, that was a wee little time ago, and then uh, yeah, I was up at 200 pounds last winter, and uh, yeah, now I'm kind of cruising around that 180 mark right now. But we're gonna uh, put ourselves up to 215 over the next year and a half. 215 is the goal. Okay. Yeah, 215 is the goal. So, like I said, I'll be able to get 200 fine. Like right now, I'm still. I'm I'm not back to a full diet. I'm still working backwards, like I was saying earlier. And uh, once I kind of get up to that more of a full capacity and like constantly eating, like when I'd be eating on this podcast, kind of like throughout the day eating, (laughs) that's when I'll probably be 200. And then that's when I just need to go a little bit more. And that's, you know, what I didn't have the time for the last couple of years. And even if I did it, it wasn't going to be for a long enough time. So then you would just have to work harder to lose that weight. Yeah. Right. So that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. And so how is, uh, Switzerland playing into all this? When, when you head off to, to the Switzerland? Uh, yeah. So that's <laughs> September 3rd. I fly out. Um, and then I'll be there for five months. It hasn't really put an effect on it other than, Two things that are very expensive there, gyms and food. <laughs> so why Switzerland then? <laughs> well, that's a good question. <laughs> um, it, for accounting, it's uh, like kind of the finance headquarters of the world. So I was like, hey, that's Dodge a good place. taxes, <laughs> all the rich people. <laughs> like, I'll go there. And I have a good friend that lives there as well. So just having that close connection with someone would will be nice. Um but yeah, gyms and food cost a lot. I mean, just for the Canadian viewers to put into perspective, a Big Mac is like, what, $7 for just the burger? $6 maybe? I don't know, yeah. Something like that. I haven't had one in a long <laughs> yeah, time. Yeah, I haven't had a Big Mac in a minute. But in Switzerland, the, with the conversion, it's be like about $17 Canadian. Oh. Or one chicken breast is going to be about uh, $8 Canadian Jeez. for one chicken breast, right? Yeah, yeah. And the thing that is a bit of an issue there is everything is very small proportioned. So the biggest bag of rice you buy in a store is one kilogram. We're buying like what? 10 kilogram bags of rice at Costco. Like, you know, it just, it's usual. Luckily for me, there's a grocery store right outside my place. So I'll probably be there. They'll get to know me really well. (laughs) Just keep a running tab, you know? So, cause that's, that's, truthfully common in switzerland and european countries is they grocery shop every day and right. they just cook their food right when they get home and they only have maybe a mini fridge if they're lucky because it's just very densely populated so yeah i mean that's kind of the only thing that's a bit of my concern is uh <laughs> if i'll be poor by uh the month after i get there <laughs> yeah. because i'm eating too much or what and or i'll have to find something cheap to eat <laughs> so and uh, how long are you going to be there for? I'll be there for five months. So, yeah, I'll come back at the end of January. My exams, 
their their schooling is a little different in that they uh, take Christmas off, then do exams. But mm. I only have one exam in January, so I'm just gonna ski the Swiss Alps or something. Nice, take yeah. advantage of it. Yeah, because you're a big skier and stuff, also. Yeah, yeah so go ski the Swiss Alps. Um, oh, that's my windy. dad might come down and nice. Yeah, just do a little little ski trip. It's one of those things you do once in a lifetime, and it's. It's not the powder, the good powder skiing that you're going to get here in British Columbia, but it's just like the appraised ski resorts, like massive, you know, it's a whole village. It's Whistler on steroids, right? Yeah. So it just, and there's resort beside resort beside resort and just, it's crazy. So yeah, crazy. And and are you gonna have to learn like the language at all? You think, or is no. it kind of like setting you up for? Fingers crossed. I'm sure a lot of people speak English. There. Yeah, so about 65, 70 percent of people are proficient in English, yeah. which is pretty good. But they just have a weird language. It's basically um, French, Italian, and German. Just all mixed mixed in together somehow. Yeah, somehow. <laughs> yeah it's like. Uh, uh, Swiss German or something they call it. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know any German, any French, any Italian, so I'm screwed. <laughs> but I know English, so uh, well, I bet if you're an accountant in Switzerland, you should know English and probably Mandarin. Well, Mandarin <laughs> is going to take over. Right? Yeah. And well, and those, are, yeah, there's like the Swiss bank accounts are infamous over there for for yeah. dodging taxes and stuff like that. <laughs> oh, yeah. So. Well, and then they put all the tariffs on their country and then make yeah. everything expensive, right? One hundred percent. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, it is what it is for them. Yeah. Crazy. Cool, man. That's exciting. And has your dad ever been out there? Because your dad's an avid skier also. No, none of us have been. Actually, Michaela, my sister, went to the Swiss Alps on a little uh, trip in grade 12 or something. But she was there for a day or something. Nothing, nothing prolonged, period. Um, I've been to Italy. That's really the only other place in Europe that I've been. Yeah. and yeah, so it'll, it'll be an experience for me. And if my dad comes an experience for him as well. So yeah, yeah I think it'd be really cool. Just completely different, unique city, but still a very similar environment to the Okanagan where you have the lakes, you have the mountains only half an hour away from your house, very similar weather conditions. So I'll kind of feel like I'm at home in that regard. Mm-hmm. Um, Minus paying nine dollars for a chicken breast, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll never that. let that go. That's just going to be the life of me. You know, I created a budget plan and chicken and rice. I was, I was looking at it. I'm like, geez, my food bill is going to be high, but gotta do what you gotta do. It's, it's what of, it is, part, man. Part of the sport. Well, hell, if anybody's good at creating a budget, I'd assume it'd be you. <laughs> yeah, accounts, I, can, right? I, can create, I can create a budget pretty good. You know, I think can work with Excel. Yeah, sweet man. Well, this has been fun, dude. I mean, um. Beyond just being able to hang out and shit, it's like with the pandemic, we haven't been able to see family and yeah. people nearly as much. But also, I'm like super proud of you and seeing all the cool yeah, stuff you're doing. Thank man. you. It's, well, hey, it's I mean, you're doing you're doing a bunch of pretty amazing stuff right now too. You know, whole family as it, it seems like. Yeah, the whole family. We're all we're all on great paths in our life. So facts. Yeah, it's the turning point in our lives. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. We're in the real world now. We're taking over. Yeah, yeah, we're all just competing for Grandpa's Mustang. That's yeah. right. okay. This this is true. This is true. Yeah, I hope he's watching because he's gonna be a little more proud of me after this episode. <laughs> I think so, dude. I'm the one who's had three drinks and you've had one. Well, you know, you gotta watch the calories. You know. <laughs> well, man, uh, shout out where people can find you, where they can support you uh, and, w- and what you're doing out here. Um, yeah. I mean, if you want to follow me on Instagram, our Hawthorne lifts is my Instagram. Um, that's really the only platform I use. <laughs> uh, yeah. So other than that, 
Our Hawthorne, our Hawthorne lifts. Our Hawthorne dot lifts. Yeah. How do you spell? How do you spell uh, Hawthorne? H A W T H O R N E. All right. We'll make sure that we have that down in the description below as well. Yeah. And go, go give it a follow and uh, follow the journey until uh, 2023 and uh, being 215 pounds. Let's go. Taking over. Yeah. Taking over. <laughs> Pro card. Here we come. Cool, man. All right. Pleasure. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Peace, people. Boom. Yeah.